Hey, uh, welcome to Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. We are Josh and Laura, and we have with us today guest host Puck, our favorite armchair philosopher and asker of many questions. We are going to be discussing feminism. So grab your English tea or double shot espresso with oat milk and honey and join us as we discuss a subject near and dear to my heart. Girl power. This is Skeptic Hangout. Feminism. I appreciate the optics of this where we we're there we have we have two men are going to mansplain feminism to laura this is this is good this you couldn't have chosen a better panel i love this also because i was so enthusiastic in the intro and i don't even think all feminism is even good i think that there's definitely forms of tox- toxic feminism Ooh. and i think that it's very very easy to take any movement um too far and i think i think feminism is a good example of that when you have things like anti-male feminism right okay okay so yeah this is- there, like any ideology there's extremes in the good and well I, there might be extremes in the good but there are definitely extremes in the bad for any ideology and feminism is definitely one of those i'd even say like my first uh idea of feminism i'd say it's almost slightly toxic now and i learned about feminism from married with children from marcy darcy and i don't agree with a lot of the things that she was putting forth in that show but that was again that show is very uh patriarchal i i guess so uh, very much in the patriarchy or you're almost supposed to be worshiping al bundy and no ma'am and yeah. like looking down on feminism so it's, it's kind of in, in it kind of makes sense why they'd make a toxic version of feminism with dart with marcy when uh it's written very much for a male audience just look at christina applegate's uh, outfits which i'm not slut shaving her she looked fantastic but it definitely seemed to be towards a male audience so they give an extreme version of feminism that uh seemed to look down on uh on women like christina applegate uh, dressing too sexy and like seemed like you had to be prudish in order to be a feminist and you couldn't like they they would look at, down on like strippers in that show. There's nothing wrong with being a stripper, but then there is a people don't seem to understand that there's also a, a problem with uh, you can enjoy strippers without uh, objectifying them completely. Them. Yeah, like, I like how right off the bat, people. I like how right off the bat we're going to the negative aspects of feminism because I think with any sort of movement or topic, it's really easy to get caught up in the. Like, well, here's what they're trying to do. Here's the positive aspects of it. Like, feminism is good across the board, yada, yada, yada. But to be able to see sort of a darker side or to see some of the problems or limitations of it um, is really good. I do think that you're right that, like, it can be hyperbolized and that actually can have a negative impact on positive feminism. Like, it, trying to create equality for women and make, and make um, this world a safer place for women. There is a point where... Um, to hyperbolize it too much does um, it kind of casts women like progressiveness towards women in a negative light like oh they're all just a bunch of man-hating lesbian blah 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 blah. not that there's any problem with man-hating or being a lesbian right but there's like these like let's let's over hyperbolize this movement to the point where it's actually kind of counterproductive 
Well, and I, I don't. It was almost displayed prudishly. Like women are just like they need to be in the workplace, but they need to dress conservatively and stuff like that. Is how I was. I used to get. It. I I definitely. Younger me definitely kind of leaned towards the red pill side and had like a bad version of feminism that I hated. Like I even saw YouTube videos that just focused on the extremes of it, or uh, there was a a type of feminism where they were saying, you're not a feminist unless you force yourself to be a lesbian, because if you're sucking dick, you're not a feminist. But I think women, I want to encourage all the feminists listening to this to suck dick if you want to so because there's no i don't think it's against feminism to do that i could be the wrong person endorsing that but uh i i think lately feminism seems to be pro-sexuality and like pro pro pro-sex work and pro using your body it's almost like a sign of strength and like maybe it's because i'm a pervert but i also don't objectify those women and i understand there's some strength behind it myself and i that's the kind of feminism i can get behind it strong women uh, using their bodies if they want. I also don't see a problem with women dressing how uh, conservatively if they want or prudishly if they want. Feminism to me, as a guy, and I'll explain this. I hope you, this isn't going over your head, Laura. Feminism to me, <laughs> ouchie, <laughs> is women just like doing what they want and not being judged for it. I, I would yeah. love a de- de- definition. I would love a more firm definition too, because like one of the biggest problems that I have with modern feminism is I really have no idea what we're going for here, right? Like mo- uh, older feminist movements, uh, they had a specific purpose, right? Uh, women want the right to vote. Okay, that makes sense as a movement. Women well, want equality good. in the workplace. That that makes sense as a movement. What are we looking at now? Like it, there, there's a group of feminists who are saying that Instagram should not be banning women's bodies because women's bodies are just as natural as men's bodies. Hashtag free the nipple. Those are feminists. Then there's I another group that. of feminists who are saying, you know, what? no, we need to protect women, and you know, we need to we need to say, you know, that, that yeah. they they can be, um, you know, they can be easily manipulated, and this is uh, or or exploited. This is one of the ways to do it. So in order to protect women, we need to hashtag hide the nipple. Yeah. Both of them have women's uh, interests in mind, but not so much to the point where you could say they're the same movement. So what do we so even mean when we say feminism? Here's the problem with with that, right? If you just see feminism as an overarching um, movement toward women's rights, and it's that vague, right, then you're going to get some women saying, well, our rights should look like X. And then other women are like, well, our rights should look like Z. And then other women are like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what our rights should look like, right? We should, it's our right to, to stay home and take care of our children. And it's our right to tend to our husbands. And that's, you know, I mean, honestly, like, depending on the woman, you're going to get a different definition of women's rights. And that's the problem um, with, I think, most movements, um, because I even see that within the LGBT communities, um, that you will have different people have different ideas. So that's why you have the thing like not gay enough, or um, you're not really by if or whatever. Um, And that can be a real serious problem, no matter the community that you're in, where individuals within that community have a set of standards within that community that the other individuals may or may not agree to, but that they're holding other people to. And where I think feminism is getting it wrong is those little clicks. What I think feminism should be from a female perspective, not that you guys care about that kind of shit or anything (laughs) like that, is it should be women being able to make their own choice in how they express themselves and how they use their bodies. So it's not a matter of should women be able to have um, to get paid as a sex worker, right? It should be, does that individual woman want to get paid as a sex worker? That is the question that should be asked. And if 100% of them say no, 
then no, we shouldn't have sex workers, right? That's exploitation, that's slavery, that's wrong. Yeah. But if 99% of them say yes, then help that 1% that doesn't want to be there, get them the fuck out of there and let that 99% be. 48% want to show the nipple and 52% don't, then let the 48% show the nipple and the 52% just needs to get used to seeing other women's nipples. Like that, That's kind of where I fall on it. Uh, is I, I always saw feminism as going for equal rights, but that doesn't mean that everybody's necessarily fighting for the same rights within the movement. Right. But I, I'm not going to call like the the ones that say you, you got to go lesbian to be a feminist. I'm not going to say that they're not feminists, but I, I don't think you can lump all feminist movements into like one box. I think mm-hmm. as long as they're moving towards uh, equal rights in through whatever means they think is right, I'm going to say that they're they're a feminist, even if although they might not identify with feminists because i know guys that agree with that and they don't they won't take up the feminist label i i generally agree with most feminist talking points a lot of feminist talking points there's too many to say most i i agree with a lot of feminist talking points but i would never call myself a feminist because it sounds too too many times i i hear guys using that i'm like they they just want to get laid. They they're just like <laughs> they're just trying to get some points, a pat on the back for calling themselves a feminist. It's I, like I, the conversation we had about an allyship, right? For LGBT ally. Like yeah. the community can say you're an ally, but for you to, to take on the name yourself and be like, I'm an ally, I'm an ally, you may or may not be seen as an ally by certain exactly i'm trying to be yeah. an ally to feminists or even women that would fucking hate me. I'm trying to be an ally to them. So I would I would push back on one thing you say, and then Puck, I Please promise do. I will let you speak. When you say like, um, if a if a group calls themselves a feminist group, you're not going to disagree that they're feminist or not. Like if, if they're pushing this agenda and other feminist groups are pushing another agenda, I think we should be able to have a nuanced discussion of is that group actually forwarding female rights, the right of choice, the right. So if you have a, a a feminist group that says all females should be lesbians, down with a dick, that is not a feminist group if you ask me because that's taking away, that's putting an exploit uh, uh, expectation onto other women who are not yourself and telling them this is how it ought to be, or this is how you ought to feel. It's the same thing as saying like, well, women should be able to work in the, the workforce instead saying women should work in the workforce and women shouldn't stay home and take care of their kids. I choose to, I homeschool my kids and I'm very capable in the workforce. I keep a part-time job and I'm very, very capable of being a professional and making money. And if I wanted to go back to being full-time, I could in a heartbeat but I choose to stay home. I also choose to be bisexual, not lesbian, right? Like I, I choose the dick, right? Like I, that's my choice. So if you have a feminist group that's saying women, you should be this, or you should do that. And that's part of the feminist movement. I would at least say that those arguments aren't feminist arguments or those positions aren't feminist positions. I wouldn't say they're not a feminist group. I wouldn't say they're not doing anything towards feminism, but I would push back on those and say, you're working against now. You're working against women's rights, women's freedoms, women's women equality. Does that make sense? I almost want to pull the no true Scotsman thing on that. I'm not sure entirely if that if that works in that argument. But I don't think, as long as they think that they're fighting for women's rights, whether or not they're misguided or not, I I think you can't take away the feminist label from them if they ascribe it to themselves i could definitely say that that, uh, they're going about it the wrong way which you kind of alluded to at the end or like they're doing it wrong but i don't i definitely wouldn't take away the feminist label i just say that they're misguided 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe it needs a different label because like uh, uh, um, the feminism of, 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 for example, gender abolitionists would look very different from, uh, uh, from, from girl power feminism. So even though the, uh, they fall under the same general like categorical umbrella of social movements, they definitely have different aims within them. So uh, it, I almost think that it's, it's, it's more that we need to be more specific about which particular uh, social movement we're talking about rather than just uh, uh, apply one umbrella term to it. But you know what? You said you wanted to hear from me more. No, 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 no. Because this is the, the Puck Listens episode, okay? This is, this is the one where I have meta questions and I understand that I'm looking from it, at it through a, a, a weird detached academic lens. And that is not the, 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 you know, I need to learn more from lived experiences instead of just uh, uh, being able to, 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 to clinically study it. So this is, this is the, the puck listens. And afterwards I will explain to you why, because there's a, there's a method to the madness here. Well, so in, in that respect, we should all be, it should be puck, Laura and Josh listens, right? Because we should all be in that place of, of clinical or, or scholarly curiosity, learning about it versus spouting. I'm, I'm certainly not someone who calls herself a feminist in terms of activism, but you're damn sure that I'm all about women having like a equal social standing, b autonomy to their body and choice over what they do, right? Like we should have um, just as many freedoms, if not men. I do understand that biologically we are different, and so I do understand that that equity might might be a better word than equality. But for all intents and purposes, in terms of what we should and shouldn't be allowed to do socially. Um, absolutely equality is a better word it should be if if it's good for the goose it's good for the gander um and that includes the nipple dude if they can wear their shirts off at the beach um i don't have any shame in women's breasts in terms of them having to be covered up that's my own personal opinion but i don't know enough about feminism in terms of a movement to be able to speak um really knowledgeably on well, here's the feminist movements. Here's how they're all different. Here's when they were, you know, um, here's where this one came about. Here's where, what this one stands for. Josh has already shown that he knows more about them than I do because he's already talked about a few. Um, well, I listen to a lot of feminist podcasts out, or at least yeah. like movie podcasts with feminist hosts to try to get that perspective. So I'm trying to learn. I definitely sound like a jackass, a misogynistic asshole. That's more my, uh, that's more, uh, comedy than actual actions and i am hoping actions speak louder than words although i have a pretty big mouth so you might be wrong on that and then i'm on the side that i don't even know what such actions look like for example you know like at, at the place of work that i'm at um I, I i i tend to like in all my adult life i tend to work in mostly female dominated workspaces this is no exception in a crew of uh, about uh, 30 people um there's only three men that's it. And uh, one of those men is in leadership of, of all the people in leadership in, in my, in my organization, seven are women, one is men. That's it. Um, and, and so when I think about feminism and equality, yeah, this is about the time when people start uh, bringing out that picture of kids standing on boxes to look over a fence, right. Mm-hmm. Um, where like, I, what's, what's, what's my role in this? Let's say that uh, a woman and I are in line for the same promotion at work. Everything else is equal. We've been there for about the same amount of time. We come in with the same amount of outside experience, uh, like all other things considered equal. Is it more responsible of me to say, no, you know, you know what, in the name of equality for women everywhere, since historically they still have a lot of catching up to do, 
the right thing for me to do is to pass up this promotion so that uh, a, a, so that a woman gets promoted up? Or is it more a sense of, no, you know what? Everything is considered equal here. And if anything's going to make us stand out, then you know it should be a pure meritocracy. And the fact that she is a woman should not be a determining factor in whether or not she gets this promotion. I don't, I think, don't know which one I go on. I don't think you would have to bow. I think that'd be a morally virtuous thing to do. But I would think the employer who's actually given the promotion uh, should take in, into uh, that into consideration, though. Because if there are more uh, men in the corporation that, that have been moved ahead, I, and you are at all means equal, like in talent, you are hired at the same time, you're both just as good at the job. I do think the employer is morally obligated to, to give the position to the woman. But I, I don't think you should have to take yourself out of the running and just because uh, there are inequities, because you should still be looking out for yourself. That's where the power dynamic comes in, in hand, where the employer definitely should be taking this stuff into consideration. But I don't think equal employees should as, be taking this into consideration as much because you still have a family to feed. Why would you take yourself out of the consideration and get less money when uh, you, you still have a chance at this? So, now this so I should put gets- myself. Oh, sorry. Go, go, please, please. No, no, no. If you have something on this specific thing, because mine will well, advance it to a it, it, it just sounded a little like I, I like if, if both people got their way, then in that scenario, it seems like I should apply for the job, but I shouldn't get the job. Well, that's up to the employer, honestly, okay. but I don't think that's up to you to, to take yourself out of the running. But the employer definitely should be hiring the woman in that situation. So here's where I'm going to get a little bit controversial. I want to be very, very nuanced to be careful here, um, especially as the woman. I definitely don't want to misrepresent and present myself as having any sort of like disdain for women or disdain for women's rights. I don't like the idea of anyone getting hired just because of their now. And I have to qualify this with some nuances. So just because of their gender or sex or ethnicity or religion or just for, for diversity purposes, like you two are both equal, but this person is this demographic and we need more of this demographic. So we're going to hire you. There has to be eventually down the road when we get our shit figured out and when we're able to look at people more equally, it should come down to even just a hair breadth of merit one over the other, whether it's experience, whether it's personality and, and being able to blend into the, the work environment like better or whatever the case may be. Well, However, I do know that if there's a business where it's predominantly male and women are trying to break into it and they're having a difficult time and males are getting hired over them, even with equal merit, that is where, and, and Josh did say that, that is where, yes, more of those females need to get hired. Um, but there needs to come to a point. And, and this is like, this is, it's, I'm trying to stand up on a pedestal for women here. It, it might not sound like it. It might sound like I'm a woman hater. There, it needs to come to a point where you don't get a position just based on the fact that you're a female. You get a position based on the fact that you are the highest qualified person. The problem becomes when, when men have perceptions of women in the workplace that they are not the most qualified person, right? And that is, is why we have an issue in the first place. So what we have to actually battle isn't forcing employer, which you have to start with that because people are jackasses, like forcing employers to hire more equally, hire more people of color, hire different ethnicities, hire different genders, hire different ages, right? We have to say that to people because people are dicks. But if you could create a culture 
at a business where men do not see men as being automatically more qualified than women just because they're men, more women would get hired just based on their merit and you have a more equal or at least equitable chance of having women in there without having to. So that, that I think is the ideal. So I guess what I'm trying to say is what we should ideally being attacking while we're attacking this whole, no, you need to hire the woman over the man. We should be attacking the mentality that got us there in the first place. Cause that's where the real change happens. Well, like that the example sense. that we gave was completely impossible where there's no time where two people are going to come in exactly equal at right. a job. Somebody's always going to be a little bit better than the other. And yeah. it, in that impossible situation where everything was exactly equal except for the gender, that's when I said we would hire the woman over the man because of the inequity that's been happening there. But as soon as you're putting in the real world, these people were hired at the same time, but the guy happens to be better at the job. You, you right. put the guy ahead because of that's just the way things work if you want a thriving business. But yeah, like you said, perception is wrong. And I don't think everybody knows how to get their cognitive biases out of their head. So like you right. might need to lean a little bit more towards uh, women or, or other genders instead of just men because uh, you, you can't take into account your own biases. But you can't hire, you, you still shouldn't be like, if she's completely inept or they're completely inept, don't hire them over the guy. But uh, yes. if, if they're good at their job and maybe you see, think the guy's just a little bit better, uh, you might want to still hire the woman up or the other gender up just because uh, you can't t- keep track of where your biases are. Maybe you're, maybe she actually, they actually are better at the job than the guy is. And you just haven't thought of that yet. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's a, it's a huge cultural shift that needs to happen that I think is happening as a matter of fact. Um, and, and I think it's happening pretty widespread, but I, I do think that there's still a long way to go. I would be more insulted to hear you got the job that he was more qualified for because you're a woman than I would it, be to hear, Hey, you didn't get the job because this guy is more qualified than you. In right. None and of so, the scenarios that I that, say it was because they were a woman though. That was right. just like, that was just like a final tech. I, every single scenario I put up, the woman's still qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is we as a culture still need to shift our perspectives quite a bit to the point where um, a person's gender just doesn't really enter into it one way or the other. Right. It's really, so then there's, there's two things that I think still need to be combated. One is getting people qualified that are of different genders that are of different races and ethnicities right that are of different abilities right um it's amazing what people with disabilities can actually do you just got to figure out what it is that they can and can't do and you got to allow them to capitalize on their strengths right and so we need to get people trained to the point where they are competitive and so getting women um into colleges or training programs or whatever alongside men. Um, and I do think this is happening, um, maybe not as quickly as we want and maybe not with the numbers that we want, but I think it's happening. I'm in the military and the, the numbers for ethnicities um, besides white and the numbers of females is still less than white males, but females are, are growing in numbers in the military, right? And it's a matter of getting them in, getting the training and, and making sure they're given the opportunity to progress into excel that's the one and then the second one is changing the mentality of business owners and biz uh like supervisors managers that kind of thing and i don't that they're both tougher 
um, than they sound. But I think that second one is even tougher. Changing someone's mind is way harder than training someone to do a job. I, I don't see like the, currently the people in charge tend to skew on the older side. And this is going to be going to be me sounding ageist. But I do think that they had their old mentality on how women should be treated in the workplace. And they, they might be able to skew a little bit more to the left or a little bit more towards equality. But I'd say it's much harder to get somebody so set in their ways to change their, their mindset. I think that this is going to be a change in the workforce that we're seeing uh generations uh, uh millennials and younger i think are where we're going to be seeing this kind of change happen and I'm, that's why i'm definitely trying not to be that that guy because i'm 35 now uh, i'm heading into I'm, I'm probably by some young uh, person's uh, idea an older person i still feel <laughs> like i'm young though but uh i i definitely trying not to be that old cranky guy saying the younger generation sucks because the gen- younger generation may have like styles and shit that i don't give a fuck about but i don't care about what was cool when i was in high school either but uh they're generally more socially conscious so this is like every generation is coming up more socially conscious and that's where the change is going to happen i think unfortunately that doesn't do a whole lot for you or or other women in the workforce right now but i also think we should and i'm i'm gonna let puck talk after this because i know he said he's gonna be a listener in this but i do um want to get at least his thoughts on what we've said so far but um I do think that one thing that we need to do better when it comes to all social movements is acknowledge progress where it's happening. And so I don't want to paint this doom and gloom. Like I actually want to paint the opposite picture. We have come a long way. Um, I'm 21 years in the military about to retire and I have never experienced what I thought was a negative action or a lack of progress based on my gender. I'm retiring at a high rank. I've had a lot of opportunities and I've had a really, really good career. I think I got there based on my merit and my hard work. I don't think I had to struggle because I was a woman. Um, and that shows the progress. And now there are people in the military, women, who who do experience sexism and do experience that glass wall. And it really comes down to things like your unit or your group or the individuals supervising you. So there are still individuals in workplaces and individuals in organizations that are dicks, that don't get it, right? And that's where, like you say, they're going to eventually number wise proportion wise they're going to eventually age out and then the upcoming generation just has so much fewer of them that we're not going to see it as much um maybe even if at all but i i do want to take just a quick second to say that like feminism and and the the actions of really really early feminists have come a long way to where i don't have even a fraction of the problems um as a woman that women 20 30 50 100 years ago have had and so that that kind of bears mentioning um, as we're talking about where we're going is acknowledging how far we've come. That's a good point, because I, I, I tend I tend to be a pessimist. So I'm going mm-hmm. with all this negativity and how hard women have it today, despite the fact that I'm not really experiencing it myself. Like Puck, I work in primarily uh, women inherited places, I work in an office with like, I'd say 95 percent of the people there are women. But uh, somehow uh, I, yeah, I'm still I, I mostly see the 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 misogyny online now and maybe occasionally if I go out I'll hear I'll hear from my friends or like I see it on dating apps my my, my female friends show me uh, the kind of messages they get on dating apps I'm like oh misogyny is still alive and well <laughs> yeah, but, oh, yeah. Uh, my experience in the workplace is women seem to be doing okay but I know that I'm going from a very small section of the workplace I'm also in Southern California so like maybe that also taints it if you go to someplace else in the world or even in in America, you might see a little bit more misogyny than what I've seen. 
my yeah. one contribution to that is to remember that uh, uh, societies exist in different scales, right? So I can look at my specific workplace and the company that I work for. And if I trace up my organization chart all the way up to the owner, it goes woman, woman, man, woman, 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 owner of the company was a man. Right. So it looks like there's a lot of representation all the way up. And I, I love the company I work for, 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 for doing that. And it would be a mistake for me to say my, uh, my workplace is like this. Therefore, other workplaces are probably like this. Also, there are probably entire professions out there that are still old boys clubs where it's, it's, you know, you say change the culture of the workplace. Well, that could take generations. Right. Yeah. And so it's great that this new generation is coming in there. And probably the best thing that I can do is make sure that they have the space to do so. I'm a it big proponent the- of, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I, I'm a big proponent of the idea of having, because I, I, I heard everybody give their ages. So now I know I'm the oldest person on the panel. Um, I am a huge proponent of having mentors who are much younger than me, who are teaching me about the social movements and who are teaching me about what culture is like. Um, like last week was uh, Puck Learns uh, Gen Z slang. So I've been saying no cap all week. Um, have you learned Pog yet? Bet. Yes. Uh, yeah, bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's totally king. Um, so, uh, so but it's important to me to do that because I know that uh, I, I, I want to help them get to the movement that they want uh, to, to get that workplace because it's probably going to benefit me too. You know, I mean, I'm not going to be in the workplace as long as they are just by age attrition, but uh, let me know what I can do to help. And we are seeing that we're uh, generations back, maybe you might not see a, a office like what me and Puck, or oh, I don't know if I don't think Puck works in an office, I could be wrong, but you wouldn't see places like where I work or where Puck works, where there are uh, women in places of power. And, and that's like generational things that's happening. And like, yeah, you aren't seeing it with the, the really older generations they are kind of discarded off because of Honestly, there are exceptions. There are like older, I've seen elderly people that are really into like social movements and, and uh, then it doesn't matter like they're 90 and they still care about uh, the younger generations that are coming in after them. There are exceptions. I don't, I I know I I definitely paint too broad a brush on that. And I almost always come off ages. And I, I definitely, if we have any older listeners, uh, you're probably one of the good people, but uh (laughs) I it's more younger generations are going to perpetuate this and move this movement. I think we're going to always look back at, uh, I think it was 2016. And like, that's going to be the line where uh, it's the way people were before me too. And after me too, because me too was when we first started to see like even people rich in power that were rich coming down for that kind of misogyny. And I, like even my workplace, which is predominantly uh, female, had talks around uh, around sexism and stuff after that because uh, it's something that needs to be uh, talked about now. Even if even if it was just like the, all the women in the room are just looking at me like, Josh, are you paying attention to this? Don't be a misogynistic dick because <laughs> now, now people are being held accountable for it. And that's going to, as long as we can keep holding that up, all the younger generations are going to continue to take this in. And I do see, despite the fact that I, I, definitely am pessimistic for the most part i do see pro- progress happening on that level on the but i do worry about uh, uh the people in power right now fucking that up for everybody else for a little while until these younger generations can finally get themselves into positions of power not to bring the topic kicking and screaming into religion because i got kind of flagged for not doing it last time um but <laughs> how much of this how much of this might have to do with like how much of feminism and the movement that we want has more to do with breaking the idea that people were designed for a purpose 
not just that people were designed for a purpose, that women were designed right, for okay. a purpose that I was very that specifically subjugated yeah. beneath men. Yeah. Right. I think, yes, feminism is trying to deprogram that idea. But feminism is necessary because that idea is trying to program or that 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 ideology is trying to program men and women into thinking that that is how they have to be. And when you have not only men convinced that this is how women should be, and then they're exercising their, their dominance over women in such a way, you also have women who think that this is how they're supposed to be and they are, they're subjugating themselves. Right. And so I think honestly, yes, feminism is counterbalancing that idea. But I think that the reason why feminism is necessary is because that idea is counterbalancing, um, like they, that ideology, Christian specifically, will go into um, cultures that are more equal in terms of male and female rights, and they will start establishing male female gender roles, and they'll start changing their concepts of sex and changing their concepts of families and and. Um, women's duties and men's duties. And I think that's what happened to us, to our ancestors. And we're, we're having to deprogram. So it, it's, yes, we're, we're, there's a system that's working against us to tell us that things have to be a certain way. And then we are countering that system with another message saying, no, that that's not how things are supposed to be. I hope that makes sense. Um, I I think I have an idea, Uh, but uh, this is, this is where feminism actually helps guys out too, because of, the way that the roles were set up from like biblical standpoints is everybody had a certain role in like, like a guy could never be a stay at home dad under, under those kinds of rules. But with feminism, you can actually have a woman in the workplace and the guy staying at home with the kids. If that's what works right. for the family, that's fighting for rights of both of them by going for equality. So like feminism helps both sides of the coin out because it's, it's i've always heard i've heard from most of the feminists that i listen to in podcasts that it's not just about uh women's rights it's about equality it it, it t- takes on the feminist uh, name because of uh women are definitely the ones that are depowered the most or ha- have the least amount of power but uh ultimately it's about having equality among them for a good portion of feminists i they definitely let's say that there's some that want to be a have uh, guys were in charge long enough. Now the women get their shot. But I'd say for the most part, I see feminism as about equality and it helps both people to escape roles that maybe they weren't ready for or don't weren't made for. Like some guys don't want to be like the breadwinner and can be in, okay with making less money than the, the woman they're with. And biblically, just making less money than you're not, I don't know, biblically, I'm, I'm not a Bible person, but I know a lot of Bible thumpers that would say it's it's emasculating having your wife make more money than you. When I yeah, would see that as like a as well. plus, good on her. I yeah. Bring in as much money as you can. So not just does feminism help break male, it, it almost has to too, right? Like we're trying to break female gender roles that automatically almost breaks male gender roles. And I think that's really, really awesome. But I think even more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, maybe equally as important. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily like set them up one, one over the other, but mental health. Like I think feminism really does a lot towards acknowledging mental health for men too. Like if you talk about the systems that say women have to act a certain way, they're the same systems that say men don't cry. Men don't feel feelings. Men are the strong ones. Men are the leaders of the family and they're the ones that set the example. And, they can't show weakness. Men have to be tough, right? And all these things. 
And so it, it, it leads to toxic masculinity, but it also just leads to really broken men who, who feel deficient or feel like, oh, because I have issues or emotions, um, I can't show those. That's girly. I can't act like a girl. I can't act like a woman. You know, so feminism does a lot towards equalizing that emotions, that pain, that suffering, um, mental health applies equally to both genders and that it's just as important for men to see mental health as, a, as an important issue as women. Yeah, and that's a good stigma to break because uh, if I got upset about every woman that was tougher than me, I'd never stop crying. There's way too many that I know that are, t- are stronger or tougher than me. Uh, the point that I was trying to make is that it's okay for you to cry, but I mean, you yeah, don't got to cry because we're tougher than you. Yeah, I mean, that's I, a silly I, thing to cry yeah. about. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm okay with women being tougher than me. But <laughs> I guess I'd be in like a toxic spiral of I'm crying over women being tougher than me, but I can't stop. But I'm not supposed to be crying right now. So yeah, you, you made a good point there. So we're, we're coming to the very, very end of our, our episode here. And we just have a few more minutes. The one thing that we had talked about before the episode that we didn't even touch on during this episode. And I was like, oh, we're going to open with this. This is great, right? We're going to have tons to say on this is mansplaining and so i know wait, wait let, me, t- let me take this from here laura yeah no uh, you're mans- gonna, mans- shut your mouth you little man we're gonna know um so this is i want to touch on this really quick because we originally had different concepts of what mansplaining was we even had richard put into chat like the the philosophical or whatever like definition i think of he got it from like an old book which is outdated because words a, change too often to the, be going off of books i googled yeah. it and found the current definition which was just talking pay attention laura it was just talking Sorry, <laughs> i hope everybody realizes that i'm friends with laura and i respect yeah, no. her and i have <laughs> not i don't mean any of this attitude but uh it's it's basically just like talking down on a woman and kind, usually it's explaining something that they already kind of know like they don't know any better it's in, like, a, I, in I, a patronizing or condescending sort of way yeah. yeah, like I see this all the time. I'm a metalhead, and I see like anytime a woman brings up that she likes metal, you almost start quizzing her on it, and then like you'll you'll explain the genre before you even ask them what their likes are. Like, don't don't be that kind of person. You can you can ask them what they like. Don't just explain to them what metal is when they say that they're a metal fan. Yeah, so this, fuck, this what is yeah this is everywhere in girl gamer communities. Like, like the, yeah. So it's still, it's still prevalent where, you know, women are just as capable and just as good gamers as men are. Uh, but trying to, you know, trying to, uh, find, uh, esports teams like high end esports with women in it, that's, that's more difficult still. And, and, you know, trying to get into the competitive scene, I've heard women say that they still have problems, uh, being, you know, treated the way they are and, and, and being talked to. And like, you know, you see that on Twitch all the time where there's a, uh, 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 women who are playing uh, group games like uh, COD or Dead by Daylight or whatever, mm-hmm. even just casually, and then they are being told how to play the game. But if you just if you scroll down just a little bit, you can see a like a list of achievements and accomplishments that 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 woman has in in gaming that uh, they far exceed mine. I'm not even about to say anything, but it's just hysterical thinking that is the thinking that I'm um, a man in this sphere. Therefore, regardless of your achievements, regardless of your accomplishments and credentials, I still have something I can teach you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how it's done or, right. or like what Josh says, I'm going to question your knowledge on it just based on the fact that you're a woman versus a man. Mm-hmm. The only problem I have with making it its own thing, because I do think it's a problem and I do think that it should be addressed, but then I have to also stop and think like, do women woman's plane? 
like I as a woman I'm very smart and I know that I'm smart but I don't always know everything I don't always have the answers but sometimes I think I do and I have caught myself doing that exact same thing multiple times where I walk in and start explaining something to somebody as though they don't know or I'm patronizing or I'm condescending I think that women do it too I think we need to call a spade a spade, whether it's the male doing it or the female doing it. And we need to acknowledge that both genders do it. When it becomes I, a problem I, is when it's specifically condescending or when it happens more often to women. I don't know. You guys need to tell me. I'm, I'm going to push back <laughs> with you on this. Uh, I think the power dynamic makes a huge difference on why you go and call it mansplaining because men generally have more power in a lot of situations where if a woman is explaining something, there isn't, there isn't as much of that power dynamic and it's not as condescending as the whole. And I don't think like you, you would do that kind of explaining to people regardless of their gender, because you you just have a big head. That's not, that's not just egotistical. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, if I'm explaining it, if I'm talking down on somebody because they're a woman, that's me mansplaining. That's what I was trying to get at is the subtlety. Like, where is the subtlety? Yeah. Because we need to acknowledge that both people can be patronizing and condescending no matter what. When it becomes mansplaining. They can be really condescending. (laughs) They can even interrupt people like I just did to you. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. I was just kind of fumbling with my words there is that when, when you have that power dynamic is that's the word I was looking for. So okay, I, know, so- I know we're getting close to wrap up time. Can I, can I tell you guys about the experiment that I've been running on you for the past three hours? Yeah. Sure. You know what? Let's make that our, our, let's close out with that. Yeah. Okay. So it, this actually ties in directly to uh, uh, address, addressing our biases when it comes to uh, women in the workplace. Cause I read this study uh, about um, uh, when men and women both feel like they've had an equal opportunity in a conversation. Right. And according to this study, even when a woman only speaks about a third of the time, the men in that group still feels like the women had the majority of the conversation. So the percentage of, of, of how much a woman is involved in a conversation uh, seems to be one of those things that's skewed. So I, I, uh, I intentionally for this episode wanted to sit back more. And that's, that stopped at the beginning of this monologue, by the way. So don't, don't count this time. I'm sure your perception was still that Josh talked way more than me, no matter how much I talked because. Well, I I want to see what it looked like on my end. I consciously wanted to talk less during this. I even said that explicitly at the beginning of the episode. I want to see if it actually worked. Did I even with putting conscious thought to it, give more space to you? Or did you just give more space? Or did to I Josh? did I not think about <laughs> about what? Or did it did it did it not work? So I'm actually kind of curious if my bias and trying to adjust for my bias worked or even failed more spectacularly. So it would know, be so very interesting. Have... What I'm going to do after this episode, uh, you know, I, I, when this episode airs, I'm actually going to go back and I'm going to compare the amount of time that we were talking to the past two episodes to see if even a conscious decision on my part made any difference. So my question then would be whether it's you, me, and Josh talking, you, or me and Josh talking and you stepping back. Um, I perceive that I take over a lot of the conversation, but then I also perceive when I think about it, like there are times when I'm doing editing where I'm like, wow, Richard talked a lot during that episode. I thought I did. Wow. Josh talked a lot during that episode. I thought I did. Right. Um, so I'm also wondering what the, the, a, the personal perceptions are or what your perceptions are, um, do you guys think that me as the the female on this show, do you guys think that I, I take ample airtime and then should we test that? Should we put that to the test? Should we like sample a few episodes and see how much 
air time, I actually. absolutely I think we should that test that. I talk that. a lot. On we're, we're, we're skeptics, right? This is what we do. We don't yeah. let our feelings talk about it. We look at the data, which is why yeah. I would like, and so I can only so look you, at the episodes I had anything to do with. So I'll just look back at the, this one and the, the other two that I was on. And I would actually like to see that comparison. Who talked how much? It, 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 like this would be. A, let's just do the control right now because obviously none of us are looking at any data or stats at all, right? Right. And so the default then would be each of us took a third of the time. That's you know with three people we'd think everybody took a third. What do we think it will actually be after we do the math? I think it's going to be Laura took up probably the majority of the time, but I don't think it's because of anything other than the fact that Laura is probably the most intelligent person here. No, I'm a little positive. bit quicker in with uh, like dumb trying to be witty things. And then you came in more introspective. So I think it's, it's definitely going to be Laura, not by a huge amount, but I think she's definitely going to be more than me, than me. And then you, because you, you took yourself out. Although I'd say throughout the other two episodes, I still think I edged you out just a tiny bit. Okay, Laura, what, what, what's your what's your hypothesis here? What do what do you think the so split will be? I think um, I think it's going to be more even between Josh and I than because I perceive that I talk a lot, but I also perceive that Josh talks a lot. And so what happens is we will get into like these long diatribes where we each individual will talk for an extended period, and that can really throw off our perceptions of how much each person's talking. So like if you, for example, only talked once or twice, but you extended out that conversation um, for a length of time, it feels like you talked more, even if you talked less. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I probably talked more, especially on this episode than the other two of you. I talk quite a bit. Yeah, I would it would it would be hard for me to imagine that that I talk less than someone else value but, your voice and, and for for fairness since you're the main host we're not going to include the intro or the outro because that's your yeah, responsibility that that's yeah, a, just we're looking at just the conversational time and only prior to me telling what the experiment was because now that we know what it is we're we're tainted uh so only, <laughs> now we're be, all aware yeah all. so so that's that's the time that i'm counting and i'm going to take the work off of you so i'm just going to wait till these episodes air and then i'm going to actually count up the time from the youtube video and we'll figure this out i believe my my guess is the the actual is that i'm going to say between me and josh we probably spoke six, uh, uh, more than our share of two-thirds you mean us together? The I two guess? of us together took more than two thirds of the talk, total talk time. And then we get to figure out, is this a matter of Laura being a gracious host Absolutely. or because of our actual misconception yeah. of how much space we give to each other? So it'll be a fun experiment. Like, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely And I would know. ask that you also like post the, um, the, the results. The, no, no, don't just post the results, but post huh. the original study that like spurred on this question for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd never heard of anything like that. So I think it'd be kind of interesting. Um, so that leaves us with closing out. Um, I would say for the audience, what are your guys' thoughts on feminism? Where is it going? Where has it come from? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on progress versus is feminism in some ways taking some steps backwards? Are they overcompensating? Are we hitting the nail on the head? What do you guys think? Um, I, I learned in this episode that it's a lot more complicated and there's, there's a lot more color to it than just simply women like fighting for their rights. So get onto Facebook and let us know what you guys think. Um, in the meantime, Josh and Puck, do you guys have any quick closing thoughts? This no. has been a black. I, 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 I was just kidding. You guys be quiet. You're men. I was joking. Keep going, Puck. 
Okay, but do you really have any closing thoughts? <laughs> Just that I wish I could do more of these with you. It doesn't feel like we give any of these topics enough time. No, I agree with it. Except for this one. This one, probably too much time. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> all right, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we will catch you guys next time. In the meantime, keep questioning. Interrogate your beliefs. Stay skeptical. Bye. Thank you.